You're listening to the Candid Comms podcast with Rachel Miller. Tune in for practical advice and inspirational ideas to help you focus on all things internal communication related. Hello and welcome to the show. In today's episode, I am joined by a special guest, Sue Palfrey, and we are talking about the sensitive topics of perimenopause and menopause inside our workplaces. And we touch upon the topic as a whole, we share personal experiences, and we think about how organisations can support their colleagues who are experiencing these phases of their lives. I hope you find this episode really helpful. On today's episode, I am joined by Sue Palfrey, who is the Head of Internal Comms, Community and Engagement at Viridor. Sue, welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here today. Thank you. And it's a very candid conversation, I think it's fair to say, that we are planning to have today because we are putting the important topic of menopause under the microscope and perimenopause as well. So this is a topic that we don't often discuss in the wonderful world of internal communication, but we're starting to. Sue and I today will be discussing our views on menopause and perimenopause and particularly through the lens of internal communication. But before we dive in, Sue, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and a bit about your background in internal comms? Yeah, so internal communications runs through my blood, I think. I have been an internal communicator for 20 odd years now, beginning my professional career in internal comms for Virgin Mobile, Virgin Media. Then I moved to agent side and worked with some fantastic clients across the globe. Then I did four wonderful years with the National Trust. And I think that's where I got to know you in particular, Rachel, and uh, left behind a fantastic team doing really wonderful things, really proud of there. And then moved to come to the Southwest, start up a new life pre-COVID in Devon, working for an organisation called Pennon, of which Viridor was part of. Three years ago, we transferred to private equity. So we've been on a huge transformational journey in the last three years during COVID and just about coming out of the other side now. Recent master's graduate of the internal communications master's run by the IOIC. Not just a graduate. What did you get? What was the grade? <laughs> that you got? A distinction. So. A distinction. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I'm really proud of that. And I would say to anybody listening who's thinking about doing it at some point, absolutely do it. You learn so much. Uh, it's been so helpful experience. So that's me in a nutshell, really. Internal communications makes me tick. I believe very passionately in the power of the role when it's done properly and how important it is at connecting people in organisations to help them have wonderful experiences that are meaningful. Fantastic. Thank you, Sue. We did meet when you were at National Trust. I love the time that I spent with your team, who were absolutely fantastic. You're absolutely right. I think one of the beautiful things about internal comms is you can move sectors and you can move to different organisations and those fundamental skills remain the same wherever you are. And I think, so Viridor are a recycling, renewable energy and waste management company. So I could talk to you for the next conversation about how do you communicate with all those people who work in that type of organisation, but that's not the purpose of our episode today. It's always a fascinating conversation for me. So should we dive into why we're talking about this topic? Just to share, I have started to talk about 
perimenopause and menopause on my Instagram feed, which is Rachel All Things I See. And before we dive into what they are, I'm going to do some jargon busting just to set the scene. So menopause is the point at which a woman's estrogen levels decline and she stops having periods. So menopausal symptoms are normally experienced for several years. So it's best described as a transition rather than a one-off event. And then perimenopause is the phase leading up to the menopause. So it's when your hormone balance starts to change and you might begin to experience menopausal symptoms. For some women, this can start as early as their 20s or as late as their late 40s. And for me, this period has started now. This is a very candid conversation. I am 42 and over the past year, I've started to experience perimenopausal symptoms. And I've started to share that actually on my Instagram just a little bit. And I think just a little bit because it's it's always been a bit of a taboo topic, hasn't it? It's something that's not really yeah. talked about. And people experience perimenopause and menopause, but there's been lots of work, particularly here in the UK, through people like the TV presenter Davina McCall, where she's been doing TV programmes talking about it. And certainly for me, I didn't know what was going on. I just had hot flushes brain fog really chronic brain fog couldn't think straight reminded me of having covid a few years ago and felt like I'm, I'm watching my dad going through dementia and alzheimer's at the moment and felt like i was losing my mind and that was incredibly frightening i didn't know what was happening but through things like davina mccall's program i started to hear about perimenopause and i thought could it possibly be this and turns out that absolutely that is exactly what I am experiencing uh, and I'm now on hormone replacement therapy HRT so I remember putting my packet of HRT on Instagram so and you kindly DM'd me <laughs> and you were like whoop great to see <laughs> like thank you for talking about this and we started to have a bit of an exchange didn't we in terms of why don't people talk about this but why do you think it is why don't people talk about menopause and the the impact of people who are experiencing perimenopausal symptoms in the workplace do you think gosh I think there's such a huge range of reasons I think some of it's generational never heard my mother talk about it my grandmother talk about it at all I think that's definitely playing into it thank goodness there's a huge lack of understanding about what it is as well because I'd never heard of the perimenopause until I started to look into menopause and just stumbled upon this piece called perimenopause just quite by accident actually it's always been shrouded in mystery and part of culture as well almost turns middle-aged women into they kind of demonize them a little bit when they start to lose their shine and their sheen and I'm sure we've all heard jokes about you know women going through certain transitions in life etc and there's just been a huge lack of understanding and so I think there's a, a real shame attached to it in some ways in terms of lack of awareness lack of sensitivity and it's not as simple as you just enter menopause have a terrible hot flush for a year and then move out of menopause it's much bigger than that and that's never ever been explained and I am so happy that people are starting to talk about it taking it from something that was taboo and surfacing it and even now I'm having conversations with my mum about how she experienced it and she says she really wishes there'd been the same awareness and she really wishes she'd had the option of HRT because she went through a terrible 10 years mm. um, so my heart breaks actually for women that have just not been where we are today I think we're really really lucky 
Yeah, I agree. I think there's much more awareness. I think you're right. It is a generational thing. We are more open. I couldn't imagine my mum or my grandma having these sorts of conversations. It's not something that's ever really been discussed. And I think now there is more awareness, I think, particularly. And I was looking at the stats to try and understand how many people is this impacting. So I found from the Government Equalities Office here in the UK, they say that people experiencing menopause are the fastest growing demographic in the workforce, increasing as retirement age does, with three out of four people experiencing symptoms which could have an impact on their work. And that's huge. If you've got three or four people who are experiencing perimenopause or menopausal symptoms, then I know myself that brain fog means you're not able to recall things that you know that you know. And that has an impact on your confidence. It has an impact on all sorts of things. I remember teaching in my office in the All Things I See Hub last year in 2022 and teaching content of a course that I wrote six years ago that is a constant topic that I talk about all the time. And I remember talking through a model and getting halfway through and then losing my words. And yeah. this content, like the back of my hand, I, something that I've written and I've spoken about so much. And just in that moment, you think, what is happening to me? What is wrong with me? And I remember towards the end of last year, towards the end of 2022, talking to my husband when I started to have blood tests and really understand like what is going on. And I said, I think this is, I've been having this for a while, maybe about three months or six months. And he said, no, Rachel, it's about a year. I hadn't really realized. I think often the symptoms can creep up on you and you don't realize, or you put it down to, I'm tired or whatever it might be. So I think any kind of awareness, what people are going through in your workforce is really, really helpful. I also looked up some stats from the Faculty of Occupational Medicine. So they said that nearly eight out of 10 people who are experiencing menopausal or perimenopause symptoms are in work. So listeners, you will be working with people who are experiencing these sorts of symptoms. And there's all sorts of awareness campaigns out there. There's all sorts of organisations. I'll include lots of information in the show notes of people who are supporting workplaces, people like Henpicked, for example, who are running awareness courses and training sessions for people to understand how to support your team members who perhaps are experiencing changes. And according to Henpicked, it's important to think about being inclusive when you're talking about perimenopause and menopause, because the right thing to do and, and the best way to describe it is people experiencing perimenopause or menopause rather than talking about women in particular. So according to Henpick, they say hormonal changes can be also be experienced through other times of life. So such as when you're undergoing fertility treatment, hormonal treatment, it's a much wider community than we often realise. That was a real learning for me. I hadn't realised that. I hadn't really thought about that. The impact of hormonal changes on our workforce is not just exclusive to perimenopause and menopause. So what can we do? So what do you think in terms of what gaps are there, do we think, inside organisations when it comes to this whole topic? Well, the gaps are still huge. There is a huge blind spot, actually, in organisations around perimenopause and menopause itself. I think it's great that some organisations are beginning to build awareness and develop policies. But if you take me, for example, the organisation I'm working in at the moment, we are very male dominated. So therefore, you know, for us, the challenge is arguably bigger because we have to build an understanding first for a potentially smaller part of the workforce and help them feel comfortable as well in talking about it. So it's not just about the awareness, about people of different generations, people of very 
for different cultures are more or less comfortable talking about personal things as well it's your own personal preference so helping people explore that in their own pace is really really important but I think it has to start with the basic awareness and just thinking about what are they doing as an organization to support people that are going through either peri or the menopause and take the time in helping to build that slowly and meaningfully rather than throw everything at it and expect everybody to adopt it because that's just not the case got to really take people on the journey with you so that they can create a good space for people that may need some extra support and that doesn't happen overnight it would be my take on it yeah, I agree. It's great to have a policy in place, but if there isn't an understanding of what do you do and how do you have those daily conversations with people and how do you support team members who could be feeling like they're losing their minds or could be feeling like they're uncomfortable in your uniforms because they're having a hot flush or they are really struggling from their mental health perspective because of symptoms of peri or, or menopause. I think it's a wider conversation than just the person who's experiencing it. I think it's How do we support them and how do we look after them as part of our workforce and support them in in the right way? For me, I think that's where there's often blurred lines between HR and IC. And I know that we've had this conversation before and I think it's such an important one. I I recorded a podcast episode on how to work well with HR and I'll link to that in the show notes at allthingsic.com forward slash podcast. But let's think about the role of internal communication in particular. And is this our lane? Is this a lane that we should stray into? Is it squarely an HR people thing? What what do you think, Sue? I think it's 100% our lane. I think it's everybody's lane, if I'm honest. To what extent, it's entirely up to them. But I do believe that IC has a huge role to play. IC as a profession is one of those rare professions where we do have a balance of gender and people in it. So it's important for us to protect the people within our profession, first and foremost, but then also to amplify the voice of the employees within the organisation as well. If people in HR are not speaking up about it, you may have an HR team that is just it's just not on their radar for whatever reason because they're demographic and you know you have to speak up and out on behalf of the people within your organization it's bigger than a business problem I'd say it's a societal issue that it's really important to bring to the forefront why bring in retain support nurture talent to potentially risk losing them when actually they're in some respects coming into the absolute peak of their life for not offering them that support to help them through relatively small bumpy periods in time which can be managed and I think that's what's so important is that there is help out there there is safe help out there whether it's cognitive medical with the HRT well-being plans there's so much out there now to help people through this period it's a daft business decision to ignore that and potentially lose as you said earlier, that really key demographic that is growing and growing and growing, which is female population over 50, or people going through perimenopause and menopause. It's it's the whole business's lane, I would say, but IC definitely has a role to play in amplifying it, sharing the support that's available internally, externally, finding those champions, communicating a policy, and just making sure it's part of the business conversation. I think you're right, there's probably employee assistance programs EAPs I mean they're a fantastic resource that many organizations have so one thing I would encourage people to do is really look at if you have an employee assistance provider what support is available for your employees who are experiencing these symptoms do you have mental health support do you have 
who knows it could be all sorts of different things that that are available to support your colleagues so I think I talk a lot about it's our business to know our business as internal communicators so it's really understanding the demographic of people it's not necessarily how many people do you have of a certain age who are experiencing symptoms but their partners at home or their you know their friends their family could be experiencing symptoms so actually there's something to be said I think for raising that level of awareness and knowledge inside an organization it has that ripple effect of not just supporting your people through an EAP or through equipping your line managers to have great conversations or to have menopause champions which is starting to crop up I'm seeing that once I start to see things cropping up in award entries I judge a lot of industry awards when I start to see things like menopause champions cropping up you're like okay we've got to this point now where it's starting to really build momentum and I expect to see that happening more not seen it being on the agendas of internal comms conferences yet but watch this space so I do have some examples of some menopause policies so if people are interested in understanding who's done what um, Channel 4, the media company here in the UK, they launched the UK media's industry's first dedicated menopause policy back on World Menopause Day 2019. So there is a World Menopause Day every year on the 18th of October. So one thing I think which is helpful for internal communicators to always hook into is, are there awareness days? If you feel like this is probably a topic that we should be discussing inside our organisation, but... I just don't know when to do it. Well, things like Awareness Days, like World Menopause Day on the 18th of October, or even International Women's Day. I think you don't really need an excuse to talk about these, this topic. But if you're looking for something to hook into, then certainly the 18th of October is the annual day where it's talked about. Did you know there's a World Menopause Day, Sue? I did. That's We uh, launched our menopause policy on World Menopause Day here back in October. Perfect. Can you tell us about that? Yes, yeah, so the policy is focused around well-being and it's all focused around a conversation between a person going through peri or the menopause and having a, a good conversation with the manager about how are they feeling, what support do they need from the organisation and what are they also going to put in place themselves as well and to have that regular conversation. And it can be anything from making sure there is plenty of cold water available in case somebody's experiencing a hot flush through to... If somebody's having insomnia to maybe adjusting start times or finish times to allow them to have rest. It's about help encouraging them to get treatment, encourage them to make use of things like EAP. So it is very much focused on the conversation between the individual and the manager. But we have had comments from people whose partner are going through it as well out of work to say, actually thank you for driving the awareness I've, I've been able to tell my partner what we're offering at work and they're going to go and look at a podcast or a book or a go and speak to their doctor so knowing it's had that ripple effect as you say what happens on the inside is reflected on the outside it's great to see that happening as well as just supporting the people that are directly employed by us it was great it was great back in October to launch that nice perfect where did that come from how did you get to that point where a policy was created and you started to talk about it internally People that were experiencing it within HR, actually, initially, of which I am part of here in Viridor, raising the conversation and saying, this is something we're experiencing. We believe this is a really valuable conversation that should be happening. And we believe we should be offering support as an organisation. That proposal went to the relevant sign-offs and got approval and back 
lockdown. So it's a perfect example of employee voice getting listened to, the right thing to do, the right time. And yeah, we were all really proud of that one. So good on them. The power of conversation in action. Definitely. There's real power in it, isn't it? Where it feels like it, where it's come from your people and it's not an HR thing. It's not a comms thing. This is, as you said, it's a business problem, if you like, really, in terms of if we don't look after our people and nurture them and, and give them opportunity to have their voices heard, then it doesn't just go away. If people are struggling, you mentioned insomnia. I think that's such an important thing because if you're in a, a safety environment, if you're in an operational environment, if you have people who need to have good quality sleep before operating machinery, there's such an impact that these symptoms can have. So I think creating those spaces for conversation and creating the network of trust really inside an organisation where you make it okay for people to speak up and say, you know what, I'm really struggling or I don't know what's going on, what help is available. It's so powerful that goes beyond a policy. It goes to that, that yeah. power of conversation, as you said. Marvellous, thank you. I'm so so lovely to hear that. It's so lovely to hear when people feel empowered to take action and to ask for help inside organisations. I think that's partly down to cultures that we create. Would you say that's reflective of your culture? Yeah, it is. We're very hot on employee voice at the moment. It's a big focus for the year coming up. So we're looking to amplify that even more. You know me, Rachel, it's a passion of mine to amplify the voice of employees. And I think when it's the important things, then yeah, absolutely. They're fantastic at listening to that. Brilliant. Thank you. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be leaving you with one thing to know, one thing to do, and one thing to think about. See you in a moment. Candid Comms is brought to you by All Things I See. My brilliant team and I offer consultancy, training and mentoring to help you thrive in your internal communication role. You can choose from online learning, in-person and bespoke courses. Topics range from measurement to strategy and how to be an internal communicator. See allthingsic.com for more information and use the code CANDIDCOMS at the checkout to save 10%. If you're struggling with your internal communication, help is at hand. We can mentor you, conduct audits, advise on your channels and much more. Contact us via hello at allthingsic.com and we'll talk it through together. Welcome back. In the final part of today's episode, Sue and I are going to share with you one thing to know, one thing to do and one thing to think about. So Sue, I'm going to turn to you to kick us off with one thing to know about this topic. Okay, well, you know me, I love a stat. So I have got quite a shocking statistic, which is 72%, 72% of people experiencing symptoms of perimenopause or menopause feel unsupported at work. The size of that figure really surprised me. And of those, one out of 10 consider quitting. That's a shocking stat, isn't it? That's huge. It's not 50%. 72% is enormous. And imagine all those talented people that we're losing because for whatever reason, they don't feel supported or they don't feel able to talk about this inside their organisation. We're potentially losing good people as a yeah. result of people experiencing these symptoms. And we've talked about how people can support their colleagues at work through line manager conversations. And I will link in the show notes to examples that we've found of how people are supporting their people. 
I'm going to add my own one thing to know from personal experience is to keep reading and just inform yourself with with information. I think I was dismissed by a doctor who told me that I was too young. I'd started to hear about perimenopause and menopause symptoms and I approached my GP and said, could it be this? Could this be what I'm experiencing? And I got turned away and told, no, you're too young. And I shared earlier how actually people can experience symptoms at any point from their 20s to their 30s to their 40s. So I think one thing to know is to trust yourself. So, you know, we're not healthcare professionals, but you know your body better than anybody else. So if you think that something's not right, then keep informing yourself, keep arming yourself with information would be from my personal experience, it took quite a few hurdles to overcome before I finally got the right tests and I had the, the right diagnosis and therefore have got the right treatment. And it has transformed everything in terms of how I can think and how I can work and therefore how I am at work and at home it's changed everything so one thing to know I think is trust yourself trust your body and arm yourself with information 100% one thing to do Sue what what do you think our lovely listeners need to do start really simple research and understand the conversation and you can do that in so many ways that are quick and easy to do I think you mentioned the Davina McCall documentary and the book earlier but I followed uh, and started my perimenopause journey followed Dr Louise Newson I think we'll put the podcast in the show we notes definitely will. yeah uh, I followed her podcast and follow her Instagram she's known as the menopause underscore doctor and it's a wealth of knowledge that she runs from her clinic having conversations with people about different elements of the perimenopause and the menopause and you can just learn so much by just scrolling through that or listening to a podcast on your walk or commute Excellent. Brilliant. Thank you. Reading the Divina McCall book, I don't think I've ever read anything where I'm like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> Just I, everything I was reading, I thought, oh my goodness, that is me. So I, I agree with you. One thing to do is to find people who are subject matter experts in this topic who can give their medical advice if that's helpful. I think they're great recommendations. We will include those links in the show notes. Thank you, Sue. And then finally, one thing to think about just keeping it really simple just think about your role as an IC professional and how you can either start a conversation or support a conversation for people around you people in your organization that are experiencing or potentially going to be experiencing some symptoms that's just important conversation starter really lovely thank you I would add something to think about is find other people who are in other organizations who are already thinking about this so I think one of the wonderful things about the world of internal comms is the global internal comms community so I'm starting to find examples of policies and people talking about their menopause champions so why not get in touch with other internal communicators if you see a list on the all things I see blog for example of companies who are doing things then why not find the internal communicator via LinkedIn get in touch and ask to have a peer-to-peer conversation I think if other organisations, other internal communicators are grappling with the same issues and have come up with some solutions, then why not benefit from this brilliant global community that we're part of? So ask for help, think about who you could get in touch with and ask for help to help you make the right decisions inside your organisation. Marvellous. So thank you so much for having such a candid conversation with me today and sharing your views on a topic which, as we said at the start, is often felt to be a taboo topic for all sorts of different reasons. So I appreciate your candour today in coming and having this conversation with me. Thank you. Thanks for making space for it. It was great. Thank you. Very welcome. 
I hope you found this episode useful. As ever, I love hearing from you. You can find me online. Why not look me up, Rachel Miller, on LinkedIn. I'm Rachel All Things I See on Instagram. Or why not send me a message via the website, hello at allthingsic.com. I'd love to know what you are taking away from this episode and what you hope to do differently as a result of listening to Candid Comms. And remember, what happens inside is reflected outside. See you again soon.